Unhail. Adjective. Not acclaimed. Not saluted. Not called. Every basketball player has a story. One that is unparalleled, untrumpeted, some even unfinished. But what about those individuals whose stories should be celebrated? Well, that's what I'm here for. My name is Kevin. Most of my friends call me K-Lou. Others know me as K-Dye. And I'm here to give you eight stories with eight individuals who was once heralded on the court, but then used their abilities to be heralded elsewhere. These individuals need to be heard. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Hoopers Unhailed, a podcast celebrating some of basketball's most decorated but unheard of athletes. Coming soon to a platform near you. Maybe you should do the intro now. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back. I'm sorry, go ahead. Hey, hey, we're not even five minutes in and he already cutting up, man. Taking his head like that Prince meme he sent us. Because it wasn't just me this time, Thomas. You didn't just get me, you got the whole house this time. How did I get the whole house? They were swimming with clothes on. It's definitely a bathroom. Let's get into it. Hold on, hold on. We're going to get this popping in three, two, one. And gentlemen, <laughs> it's Mr. Baby on himself. It's Mr. Baby on himself. <laughs> you have entered the quiet. Story. Hey, ain't nothing quiet about this show, bro. <laughs> Shut up. Let me spit. spit. (laughs) And once again, we are. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Kevy Kev, and I'm in the building with my man Tommy Guns. Where you shoot, man? Hey, I'm shooting at everybody. Hey, especially them Ohio State fans, man. Why y'all let y'all team show up like that and get their butts cut, man? Like, hey, now nah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna hey, talk about that. Hold on, everybody, hold on, hold on, man. We talked so good about them on the last. <laughs> hey, Clemson, Clemson, Clemson would have given would have given us a better game. That's all I'm saying. Thank you, thank you, but that's neither that's neither here or there. We lost, we lost, we lost, we lost, we lost, we lost Ohio State, we lost Ohio State, that's it. Next season, next season. All right, my bad, my bad. So, so, so let me get, let me get, let me get back to the intros. Yo, DPZ, what it beezy? DPZ. And we have. A special guest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In the building. <laughs> I'm not going to throw out his government, so y'all going to have to figure <laughs> it out. This is my man, B Dub. What's going on, B? 
What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be on with y'all, man. I'm looking forward to a good time. Hang out. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. Y'all, y'all laughing yeah. at me about the Keith Sweat. That's Keith Sweat right there. <laughs> see, how smooth, see how smooth he came in? There you go. He did hit you with the Sookie. Hey, hey, Kev, I might have to take that nickname back, Mr. Big Girl. I might have to give it to B Dub. You see that, right? You see that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you with that Hawaiian shirt. Yes, you know I can whine. I can whine. <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts. Yeah. And this is another episode of the launch pad. And I'm going to just throw this out there. Uh, so we're going to throw the horns out. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, so, so B, what's funny about the horns is that we were making the sound. <laughs> Where you got the horns. That's why I keep doing it. I have it because I love it. Nice. My favorite nice. nice. And we're we, moving up in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I just, can I, I know, I know, I know we got a lot to talk about, but I'm really excited to have Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excited sure. to be here, man. Excited for sure. Here. Hey. I, I, I think that people don't, I've known B since the very, Wait, 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 Kev, 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 hold, hold on. I think we need to let B Dub tell us how he and Dwight met because I think Dwight might try to like uh, skip some, some, you know, some very important yeah, points. So yeah. I think we should let yeah, B Dub like inform us on how the two of them like got so cool. Oh, no, let's, yeah, yeah let's do it. That's easy, yeah, man. Let's, and do, I'll, it. I'll, let's uh, do that. I'll make sure and embarrass Dwight along the way, man. I got that. <laughs> Please um, do. Please do. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Yeah, no problem. so hey, so B dub, you got the floor. So let's get it. Yeah, man. So uh me and PZ, man, for, like you said, first day of pre college. Basically, man, we uh we're going to our dorm rooms kinda to go get set up or whatever. And I think I was in the elevator with my pops, man. And Dwight, I don't remember if your dad was in the elevator or not. I don't think he was. He was all right. So we're both in the elevator. It's me, my pop, Dwight, his pop. We're both freshmen at, it. Um, and uh, we're going up the elevator. And uh, you know, Dwight's about what six four, six five. Long, yeah, long, tall. lanky, pigeon toes <laughs> from North Carolina. So my, so my dad, my dad was like, yo, um. My dad was like, you know, where are you from or whatever? And he was like, from Carolina. And we're looking at him. We're like, man, this dude must ball. Like, dude, he's from North Carolina. He's like long, lanky, got the long leg, long arms, kind of thin, pigeon-toed, like, oh. And he was like, nah, I play tennis. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Be done. (laughs) I know that had to be like the biggest letdown ever. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. And then, and then, you know, later, much later, man, after actually getting on the court with him, I was like, man. You know, because he's the dude, like, if you brought him to the court, he'd be like the ringer, man. You know, if he was sitting on the sideline and you needed to pick somebody up, you'd be like, give me that dude right there. And then once he got on the court, you'd be like, dang, you messed us up, man. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you get get picked the second. You would always pick the white dog. He was sitting on the sideline, you'd be like, yo, give me that dude right there all day. (laughs) But he, yeah, but he will block your shot, though. He will block your shot, though. 
Yeah, those long arms. That's it. Yeah, that's it is, man. Yeah. That's it, though. I'm not hitting no. <laughs> hitting no nah, that's my man, PZ. We hit it off from I'm there. Just a fan. Um, sure. And it's been. Do you remember the uh, first I think it was about I my sailboat. <laughs> Hold on. The what? Sailboat? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so we're headed up the elevator, and him and his pops, like nobody knows anybody. It's the first day of pre college. So it's two weeks after graduation from high school. We're in the elevator, and Brian has on his necklace <laughs> with the sailboat on it. So I was like, yo, do you sail? And he was like, nah. And that was it. And I loved it. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, man. Well, I don't even know why I had a sailboat charm on my neck. You know, that's just what I had, man. That was my chain. I had a little sailboat on it, and uh, that's how I rolled back then. <laughs> there it is. Humble, humble no beginnings doubt. for about 12 hours until it got dark. It was on and popping. Yeah. <laughs> That's, what's up, That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, um, so tonight I want to talk about a few things. And I know we kind of uh, discussed it, you know, via text message, whatever, whatever. But um, my biggest thing right now is, you know, what, what what's up with the media? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about just your your normal uh your normal news your normal sports i'm talking about everything i'm talking about social media i'm talking about sports media i'm talking about the news sports media i mean all of them all of them i mean because of course there's been a lot of things that's been going on for the past what week maybe week and a half yeah. so um we we look at we look at this and we talk about narrative mm-hmm. right everybody talks about a narrative Mm-hmm. So I wanna I wanna talk about about the media and and its influence and and even going back we're gonna we even gonna go back you know what I'm saying we're gonna go back to to '96 right quick um, and even it's probably even before that but um, you know I'm not gonna get the details right now we're just gonna kind of like flow right into it um, so the the first thing so. Say the media, you mean how the media like brainwashed that that the one part. Yeah. That's what it's for though, technically, right? Yeah, propaganda, narratives that 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 the the media push. I mean everything because um of course, you know hold on before before you keep hold that thought. Hold that thought. The reason why we want to talk about this, um Everybody is probably going to think about what happened last uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's obvious. But to be to keep it a hundred, like this been going, this been going on for forever. So you know, so so. Well, there was one part of it that wasn't. There's one part of it that was. That's the all right, so I will admit that you have you have the floor. You well, have too, the floor, P. Fun. Uh, peasy. So let's let's get right into it. All right. So there's two parts of this that surprised me. I've been in the Capitol building. Brian lives up that way. I'm sure you've driven past it a million times. And I don't know if it's just me, Brian, but I always thought the White House, the Capitol building, like some of the monuments, 
would have like some kind of superior mm-hmm. security system. Drop down guns, <laughs> yeah. or have like lasers pop out, yeah. or force yeah. fields and stuff. And they didn't. And I was a little bit let down by that. Like, you know, if Lion O has all that stuff <laughs> with the Thundercats, how do we not have anything? That That's happened? real. You know what I'm saying? That was that was a shock yeah. to me. And then the other thing was is that all those Republicans that were going to say something about the election, when they switched over real fast after it happened, I didn't expect that to be the case. I didn't expect them to be so stupid mm-hmm. that they caved. You know, like, I can disagree with you, and you can say whatever you want, and you can be adamant, but if you can cave at a moment's notice, well, there it is, right there. You just hit it on it with the second you know part, saying? man. You know, if if you got a real conviction, yeah. you know, and you believe in what you're saying, and you're standing with the right. with the truth or whatever, then you're not going to back down, right? If I know yeah. something to be true, if I know something to be run. true, what's the point of me backing down, right? right? So facts that that reveals you that reveals something about the position they initially took. So, so Brian, I know the answer to this because I know. You, but I'm going to ask you and then we'll let Thomas and Kevin in. Let's say you specifically were a politician for the state that you mm-hmm. live in and you were in that room and they were like, you know, Senator so-and-so, we got to go. And it was black people. Forget, let's say it was our people, Russian Congress, mm-hmm. and you were the politician in that room. Would you have run or would you have I mean, I don't think it was anything where anybody decided whether they were going to run or stay. I think they just went at the direction of the police. It was kind of like the police took over and they just got everybody out. I don't think they were like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't really a decision to be made in my mind. I mean, you've been like, nah, just I'm good. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know. Yeah, if it was black Here's people, the thing. I'd Here's be like, I feel you. I think what you're saying is true because I would have felt like I was aligned with what they were saying. But you got to understand the people that yeah. ran up in the Capitol the other day, the whole position was based on a lie. So they were just straight mm-hmm. Looney Tunes, right? Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. So if it was a bunch of black people yeah. that were up in there for some bogus reason, like the ones, like the people who run rushed the Capitol the other day, then I don't know, man. I might need to. I might need to dip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the people that ran in the Capitol the other day were just—they were just. I mean, the, all the conspiracy theories they believe and everything like that, man. That's what they don't know damn. what they thought, man. So, but if it was like, if if you're talking about black people, like it was some some BLM protesters or something like that, then yeah, definitely I would stay. I wouldn't feel like I had anything to worry about in that case, but. Again, BLM is based on real events, things that actually did happen, right. like people who actually got killed and, you know, and profiled and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I would stand firm. So. So I know for me, um, if uh, so. First things first, I'm black. <laughs> so congratulations. I, I don't know about. I don't know about y'all, but if I saw that coming, and if I was in that position, like I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm not asking questions. We don't. I'm getting the fuck out. We of know that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, in, I'm 
them the fuck out of there. Like I, I'll run. I'll run first. You're saying it was the people that were coming, and I guarantee you, my black ass is running, and another black person see me running. They ain't gonna ask no questions either. That's probably they true. gonna run too. Yeah. Right behind you, brother. <laughs> right behind. They not gonna ask. Probably no in front of you. You, <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. They probably yeah. They'll probably bum rush me. Yeah. You feel me? So I mean, I mean that's yeah. of course that's that's my take on it, and I, I agree with you, uh, B Dub, because you know we've been it. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of years of frustration. Yeah. So let's even take let's take away BLM. Yeah. Like if that was just black people who were just fed yep. up, right, right. I'm, I would, yeah. You, you absolutely right. I'm not running. I'm standing. I'm, I'm standing like, I'm there fed with up him. too. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm. I'm just yeah. <laughs> because at that point, I I put myself in this position to try to make well, change. Well, there it I'm is. Yeah, if I'm a there's no change yeah. being made. If I'm a senator, then, then that's why I became a senator so I <laughs> right. can make the change. Right. And, that's that's the right. exact reason. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so uh. So Tommy, Gunn, man, li- listen, I, you know, you guys have said it all, man. There, 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 there are a couple of different things that, you know, that kind of, I'm not going to say surprises me, but it, it puzzles me a little bit. Um, I was listening to, uh, was listening to uh, one of the Capitol police and it was a white guy. He said, you know, he got trampled. They, you know, started beating him and they took his bullets and they were trying to take his gun and they said, kill him with his own gun. Mm-hmm. And so he said, uh, he said, you know, he started processing some things in his head. He was like, you know what? If I start using deadly force, I might be able to pick off a few of them. But then, you know, th- eventually they'll overwhelm me. Then he, yeah. then he said he started talking about, you know, he started telling them, hey, I've got kids and all this other stuff. So what and I'm not I'm not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to identify this specific officer. Um, but what came to my mind was. So in that time, you do have the ability to stop and process what is going on and what is the best course of action as a law law enforcement mm. officer. Mm. So if 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 you if so it's either one you lying or either two you have the proper training to be able to process and make the best decision possible. When you're, you know, when you're in a hostile environment, and yeah. y- you see what I'm saying, you see where I'm going with this. Oh, I know where so, you're going. Oh, yeah. So, 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 so that that jumps out to me as, as a as a, as a black man, as a um as a person who who you know obviously went to law school, learned about government and all this other stuff. There is no way you can tell me that two worlds don't exist in social justice, in regular justice, in the courtroom. That this is this is wide open and it is on display for everybody to see. And if you don't get it by now, mm. you are just blind. You are just an idiot. You are you don't want to see. It. You don't you want to see. It. Yeah, you don't want. You don't. Yeah. See yeah. It. Um, yeah. I, think, I think in the grand scheme of things, like when we we're talking about, like you know, if it, that was us, man, like listen, with, oh my god, without question, without question, yo, I'm getting out of there. I'm getting out of there. But it it, it amazes me how how people try to rationalize things to fit their situation at the time. Yeah. So, you know, and now, you know, you see people praising the, you know, the black cop who, who, you know, essentially led them away from 
the senators and stuff so they couldn't get away or whatever. And now he's being heralded and stuff. Right. But I'm just like, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me the the way people can twist a, a narrative. And, you know, see different situations. Yeah. Different. Yeah. 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 It, it, so I, I don't know, man. It's I, <laughs> it. it it's so, so I wanna, with you, can I just uh, can I just pick piggyback on that a little oh, bit really? because oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. just to kind of solidify that. what you're saying there, I believe this this helps solidify what you're saying. I was listening to Van Jones on CNN and he was talking about how, you know, we've been talking about all these situations like your you know your Jacob Blake situation where, you know, they say you know the the police officer's defense was he had to act make a split second decision. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why I ended up shooting him. What was it? Seven times, mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. Um, anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, Van Jones was like, well, now you have literally hundreds of Jacob Blake incidents that happened at one time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and essentially none of the, yeah. I mean, I guess that lady got shot and she was killed, but I don't know all the oh stuff God. behind that, but either way, there were hundreds of other, where people, you know, literally broke into a place with senators and other lawmakers there that you were sworn to protect. And there wasn't anybody that made that split second decision to shoot somebody mm-hmm. seven times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So he's like, this is painful for people of color to watch yep. because you've told <clears throat> us that it's hard in a split second to make this decision and it's impulse and it's, you know, air on the side of caution and this and that. But somehow the Capitol Police, by and large, except for maybe one, I don't even know how that one went down with the lady. I don't know if it's whatever it was, you know, um, God rest her soul. But like, how did it not happen multiple times? Uh-huh. On the and and to say and to add on to that, though. And honestly, honestly, I, I want to point out how nice <laughs> it is that he just said, God rest her soul. When her last tweet was wow, mm, was that her tweet? I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh yeah, she was yeah. like they a whole bunch of a whole hey, man, bunch of stuff day. came out. Yeah, about nah, her I know she was that hard, but you know, hey, so um, I do have a question because um, I didn't I didn't really pay attention to it um that much, but the the shot, how many shots were there before she? I think it was two. I think it was two. It was two shots. I think it was two. Yeah. All right, all right. So, so that, so, so you, you know where I'm going oh, yeah. with this. Two, two shots. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I, I'm and that was a finish. crowd of people. That was yep. a crowd of people and traveling. Crowd hold up, bus hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's correctly characterize what it was. That wasn't a crowd of people. That was a mob. Sorry, that Thank was you, a mob. Let a domestic. Trying to bust down the door. Yep. And not only get to you, but to get to the legislators that Mm -hmm. were in there. Um, and they had a self control, man. They had the self control it took. Yep. 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 Amazing. So let's so so let's segue. Yeah, so let's let's go to some <laughs> more fun, Kevin. With, yeah, let's go to something with, more with fun. that. With that being said, I mean, we're still we're still going to stick with the with the media thing, but I mean, we saw how 
we saw how it was um, with the media portraying, you know, what what's happened. Um, different outlets portrayed it, you know, um, the way they did. But I want to go back. Let, let's take it back to 96. How was that um, year? Right quick. You know what I'm saying? And I want to kind of correlate yeah, it to, yeah. to, to, to the media, right? So we had a conversation on, I believe it was Wednesday via text message, talking about what we were going to talk about on the show and how the media portrays, you know, certain things and how narratives are pushed and everything. So I wanted to shed some light on Vibe Magazine mm-hmm. and the whole East Coast, West Coast cover with Biggie, um, with uh, with Puff in the background, and then they had the Death Row uh, cover, um, they had the Tupac cover. So I want to kind of correlate that, you know, to that. But I want to, I want to give, I want to give our guests, yeah. I, yeah, I want to give our guests and and, and DPs, and, you know, that time to kind of shed light on '96, right? Quit. Hold on, before before Brian does '96, stop it, <laughs> hey man, stop it. <laughs> I'm old, man. Can y'all tell him? Can y'all tell him where right. y'all were? Yeah, give me perspective. <laughs> okay, okay, so boom, okay, whatever. I had just moved. I had just moved to South Carolina. I was eight years old. <laughs> from fr- I, I had just moved to South Carolina from from All the right, Bronx. So we got you by about hey, ten years, ten, so, maybe twelve years. I was like nine, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was nine. nine. All right. Thomas, you were what? Okay. All right. That's cool. No. Yeah. I mean, you didn't so have to. You, I mean, you didn't have to bring it up. <laughs> nah, right, it's good. It's good content. <laughs> No, I want I want him to know so he can tell you like the, the feeling of that <laughs> like beat happening while in college. No, I remember where. Yeah, that, but that is. A I remember exactly where we were when we heard that uh, Tupac got killed. I remember exactly yeah. who, in the car with you and Mark. I think we were headed up to DC. Exactly. Um, yep. yeah, man, I remember that moment. Like, oh yeah. snap! Like this dude is dead, man. Yeah. I mean. That was that was deep, man. I'll, I'll never forget that day. I mean, I mean, so so like leading up to that, man. Like all I can think about was like just the bits and pieces that I heard. Cause like I told these fellas, like you know, like coming up for me, like it wasn't no rap, you know, being played in my house. So you know, like all I heard was like you know stuff like if I went to my cousin's house or whatever. But I, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get older, you start you know looking at old you know interviews and stuff like that. But what was it like at that time, like? You know, you you know, you in college or whatever, you chilling out or whatever. Like, what was that time like? You know, leading up to to pocket and being mm-hmm. You guys are... so so. I'll tell you, man. When the first albums came out with with Biggie, it really because Biggie would come to Hampton and we would you know everybody played their music all the time mm. everywhere. Um, when Shoot 'Em Up came out. This, that that came out and when he started talking about fucking his wife that was the first time anyone had ever talked shit like that on a record like calling usually they dissed you by mm-hmm. 
describing yeah. you in some kind of way. This dude named names, told stories, gave dates, Definitely. said he would kill them. Like it was real to us. Like it was real. Like we, Brian was from Atlanta. And I was from North Carolina. Right. We had beef. And that we went back to, to freshman year. We had beef with uh, dudes from New York, got in fights and stuff like that all all during the year. And we still and that and that simmered throughout our entire time at Hampton. And I mean, wow. just to piggyback. So the really one thing also to say, man, and is we didn't even know I really besides yeah. really Biggie and like Wu Tang. I really wasn't into a lot of rappers from New York, man. I, to this day, I still don't. I really don't even like Jay Z, to be honest with you. Whoa, but, okay. Yeah, it's crazy as that sounds. And one, and 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 here's here's one other thing I want to say is because of that, Jay Z back then was like second tier, if that. And it's it's hard to convey this perspective, but like yeah, I can see, see that. Like, I can see that. Pac and Biggie were like they were on a whole nother plane of like of their of their of their lyrical talents mm-hmm. of their of their records of what they were putting out and it was like yeah there's this dude Jay Z a bunch of dudes from New York love him whatever but it was it wasn't until it wasn't until um, Biggie and Pac really were no region. longer on the scene that Jay Z started to rise. Like he was just so right. second tier, like clearly second tier. He mm-hmm. was like the JV team compared to like varsity. Yeah, yeah. And it well again, he that's somebody else who I think is way more he talented. Just got ate up by Nas, that's a whole nother topic for another show. Maybe we could talk about our favorite rappers or whatever. Um, but yeah, man, that okay. <laughs> I don't want to take us <laughs> off off topic. But yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it was a, it was a real beef, and you have to you have to also talk about Pac's mentality was just different. Mm-hmm. Like Pac didn't care, man. Mm-hmm. You hear dudes right. talk about having that, you know, that mentality like that. That he was the living embodiment of that. Like there's no like Pac was. It was clear that Pac wasn't going to live too long. That's just the way he lived, man. He did not. Mm-hmm. He, he could have died any given night. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's that's his lifestyle. Biggie wasn't. Biggie wasn't really like so that. Was Biggie wasn't really he, like I that, was, and, and he was kind of starting to change too. Yeah. But Pac was like, "I'll say whatever I want to say to anybody in any given moment, and I don't care, mm-hmm. and I'll try to make it as you know what I'm saying." He was just ride or die, man. He was just straight up. Ride or die. So, so let's so let's expound yep. on that. So let's expound on that right quick because you know going going back to the to the subject, like what from from what I understand, and of course, yeah, I, you know, I was a kid. You know, my mom told me <laughs> that Tupac died, right? Okay. And I know I knew Tupac, and I was I was close to Tupac from a sense where my one of my favorite. My, one of my all-time favorite movies is Juice. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the performance that he put on Juice was just phenomenal. Dude, that dude was scary so, in Juice, man. That dude was scary. Right, right. Like, you could see the psychology and, in there. Like, that dude was like, I was real exactly. good. Like, Whoa. like, he like he played Bishop to a yeah, T. Man. You know Bishop what I'm saying? Scary, and that, that kind of gravitated me to his music, to be honest with you, because I knew him from 
from Juice. Yeah. But I want to I want to talk about what, just like we said, what led up to it and how the media portrayed it. Because now that we have all of these documentaries, all of these people that are that are coming out after 30, 25, mm-hmm. 30 years and all of this, you know, they saying, uh, well, you know, it technically shouldn't have yeah. happened this way, but you know, this is how. So going back to, to when you guys, going back to when you guys wow, experienced it, like from a media perspective, like how did that come about? Were you guys reading Bob? Were you guys like listening to the radio? We were just listening to their how, album. Like, how did, how was the, yeah. So it was just yeah. the albums? Yeah, it was their albums that just tracks. Go ahead, Dwight. Yeah. So here, I, so what's crazy about it, man, is you're asking me if I read Vibe Magazine in college. But I didn't have <laughs> okay. to buy a Magazine, so I think that's funny. But when, what would happen is you would go to a club and you'd be out. And if they played music from California... Dudes from New York would get pissed off. And if they played music from right. New York, dudes from California would get pissed off. Like, it was very regional. So, like, beefs would break out at the parties depending on the music. So, you could play some Biggie jams, you know what I mean? But you couldn't play his diss tracks at all, right? And then you could play a little bit of Tupac, but you had to be kind of cautious with Tupac because people got real rowdy with Tupac. So it would just depend on what kind of bar and who was there, what kind of club you were at. And but you could feel you could mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, like, and I think before you before you, you before you go, like a, yeah, take your time. I have to ask. I, I have to ask. Did they get rowdy on how do you want it? What was the club like on how was, do you want it? it was real time. Yeah. I I you know. Okay. So how do you want it? Yeah. Okay. 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 Because how do you want it is one of those one of those joints where it's like, oh snap. Yeah, that's a vibe. That's a vibe. I played that with (laughs) Nah, to be honest with you, that's that's the one I play with my girl, man. I just had to ask. That's good, man. I just had to ask. To be honest with you, you could take it there too. Yeah, um, I know, man. My bad. All right, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. Continue, continue. One hack secrets. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, things were more regional back then, right? <laughs> things aren't so regional nowadays. But it truly was like a culture from New York, a culture from you know the West Coast, L.A., whatever. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was on the rise and all that stuff. Midwest, you had all that. And then if you're at a place, uh, oh god, dang, yep. oh wow, Midwest. all right, man, <laughs> I all about that. Um, so all that, there was still a separation between the regions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And and so um, that played into it. Um, and I think, you know, media companies like Vibe Magazine did play it up. There was real beef there for sure. But the beef right. sold records. Mm-hmm. And the beef sold right. magazines. Mm-hmm. And the beef sold T-shirts right. and, and all that. So um, they definitely played it up. Um, they definitely highlighted it. They definitely instigated because they knew it, the drama was selling. And there were so many people that were already kind of divided by where they were from. So it made money, so they drummed it up. But there were there was definitely real beef there. I think it was, you know, mm. like I said, Pac was just he was just ride or die, man. 
if it wasn't, I mean, he could have got killed by anybody any given night because he could. He's the type of dude that he's somewhere. He starts drinking. Somebody steps on his shoe. He says something. The dude shoots him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he, he would just. It could be any random given moment. That wasn't really how big he was, though. You know. Yeah. He was more reserved, like making you know rational decisions a little bit. Pac, <laughs> you know, there was nothing rational there. But but he was one of the deepest dudes. To ever get you know get on the mic at the same time, which is crazy. Gotcha. You also got to mm, that's a good point. The media is always late, and you're talking about it's happening right then, right? So by the time mainstream media get a hold of it, we've forgotten about it or moved on. You know what I mean? It wasn't until. Tupac died and then Biggie died that it was like, wait a minute. Do you guys see this connection? Yeah. Let's blow this up. For us, it was like a sad day. And it's a sad yeah. day. I mean, he used to talk we about it in his Tupac, album and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, just the way you live, man, you can just tell he wasn't going to live long. Yeah. You can't, you can't live nice. that way day in and day out. <laughs> you know, eventually it's going to catch yeah. up. That's, that's interesting. It wasn't even yeah. going to come from I mean, and honestly, you know, from what I've heard, it wasn't even people, you know, associated with Biggie necessarily that took him out. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. He's going to have beef with so many people just because he's acting mm-hmm. crazy on a nightly basis, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you're going to you're going to mm-hmm. offend somebody. Yeah. Actually, you're going to offend multiple people. And it's just a matter of what those people decide to do as a result. of that. Gotcha. So. I'll even tell you guys this right here. The level of crazy that he was at that time let the bar be so yeah, high that probably. Brian and I could do crazy stuff and it wasn't anywhere near what crazy would be. But if we did the stuff we yeah. did now in college, they'd be like, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? But because people were so used to seeing Tupac do crazy yeah. stuff. So I, it, it, I, think, I think this will kind of like help put it into into context for us, context for us, Kev, because if you think about it, like since that that Biggie, Pac beef, that was like a cultural phenomenon. Like that that, that, right. that put right. hip hop as a genre, and not just hip hop, but anything associated with hip hop. That put it yeah, in, a, culture, in a in a in a different that. stratosphere. And like, if you think about right. it, like, yeah, there have been a lot of different beefs like since then. So, you know, first thing that came to mind yeah, that was like, the main one. You know, 50, you know, fifty yeah. in 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 ja Rule, You know, fifty in Rick Ross. Fifty yeah. in, you know, it seemed like fifty had a, had a beef with everybody. Yeah, you know, <laughs> basically yeah. fifty versus yeah. everybody. 50 versus I mean, but coming up. I mean, but you, yeah. right, right. He he knows how to market off of him. Yeah. But my point is. There was, there hasn't been a beef that bad, or yeah, or to that to that level since then. Um, so I don't think there ever will be because of you can't because like I said, it was so divided in terms of regions and where you live. Yeah. So you're not yeah. going to get a coalition of people from an entire um, portion of the nation now. Yeah, and and otherwise. Yeah, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, but before you, but before you, before you, I have a question. I have a question. Um, now we say not at that magnitude with Biggie and Pop, but what do you think would be the closest mm. 
towards that magnitude? Would you say Jeezy and Gucci before they did what they did? Um, is it is it not a is it not a fair comparison? Well, well, they're both from no, they're both from Atlanta. They're both well, from Atlanta. I, okay, so that beef is because they don't like each other because they they know each other. Yeah, the two Biggie thing was two whole sides of the country. And not only did those two uh-huh. people hate each other, uh-huh. everybody from that whole yeah. state hated everybody from that no. whole state. No, 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 no. It was a you region know, against a region, a region of people against one. Yeah, That's I got it. Yeah. And, 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 It was yeah. every single That's rapper. Right. And, and you could be, and Dwight was kind of pointing this out earlier. If we went somewhere and they started playing Pac, you know, me and Dwight and our boys, we'd probably be out on the on the dance floor, you know, whatever, whatever. And then if they played something from New York, not necessarily Biggie, because I really like Biggie, but uh, um, something like that, all the New York dudes would come out. So there could literally be a beef that night. We don't even know mm-hmm. the dudes from mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. They don't know us. Uh-huh. We don't know. We don't know mm-hmm. why we don't like. We don't know why we don't like you. Uh-huh. We just don't like you because uh-huh. you're from New floor, York, and so you floor. can end up throwing down with them just based on just based on the beef that Biggie and Tupac had. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know you. Gotcha. Yeah. You could be gotcha. up that way. And like like I said, I don't I don't think I don't think there's there's another beef that even came close. Like, I nah, mean, if, you know, if, if you start talking about like, you know, Jay-Z versus Nas or whatever, you know, that, that, that was straight. That was straight yeah, up marketing yeah. though. Yeah. I ain't gonna I mean, lie to you. Yeah. That but was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was, there was some personal, I, I feel like that. I mean, there was some personal and, and let, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Jay-Z actually kind of instigated the personal mm-hmm. part. But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, as far as like the what if we're if we're going if we're going if we're going Who so on the label that the record was if we're talking on? so on the, label, the blueprint the original beef was between Nas and Blue. Yeah. That yeah. was the that was the original yeah. beef. Jay Z just came in to say, "Yo, don't worry about it. I'll handle your light work, basically." And that's when he came out with the takeover. And like when that started popping, Nas hears about it. Nas comes back mm-hmm. with Ether, and then Ether goes crazy. And then like from a media perspective, like they they shoot it all up, and Jay Z kind of says, "Ah, oh, whatever. I'm a you know I'm a going um I'm a going funk master flex, and I'm gonna do this whole freestyle." And that's what kind of build build up the whole uh the whole beef mm-hmm. between them. But like I said, it had some personal aspects to it because you know what I'm saying because Jay Z you know actually you know Jay Z actually brought up some personal stuff. But you know, I mean, compared like just like y'all said, compared to Biggie and Pac, like we all know that Biggie and Pac had, yeah. had a personal. It was yeah. a personal yeah. thing. So watch this. Yeah, well, not to that. I wouldn't even come close to that. Heard about it and stuff like that. But there's nothing. Exactly. There's nothing that comes. See, right. See, with me and Thomas, with me and Thomas, yeah. we right. remember. Yeah, of right. course, of course. Yeah, like we heard. I heard Ether. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. And you're from New York too, so you oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my that's, God. yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. Ether. So, so. He, 
I don't think ether was was literally ether. <laughs> like, like I'm not even going to say it and lie. Yeah, but you can't with with social media the way it is now. You can't have these mm. like they have. You know, because the, the intrigue is gone. The whole fun in the Tupac thing was that it had to be newsworthy yeah. back then. He couldn't just pull up his phone and videotape himself. Well, I think I think I think nowadays, like you said, social media is is you know it, it kind of like puts a buffer on that, so it can't grow but so much. Because if you think about it, man, like yo, like somebody releases a song, like you know, like at ten o'clock, mm-hmm. like even the Drake and Meek Mill thing, like you know, like Meek Mill released one song at like ten o'clock, and then Drake released his at like one or two o'clock or something like that. Like a couple of hours later, so it's not even like you know. So you see what I'm saying? Like, and these guys, yeah. There's no build. There's no build right now with right, social media. Right, right. So, so yeah. I think I think you know when you start talking about like how media you know plays in you know plays a part in that stuff, man. It's media has made you know stuff so instantaneous now. Like you have access to everything. Like you don't you don't everything. even have to like. Right, that's right, true. Right, because yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. Like back in the day, like going to the next story, like you, you dropping yeah. a record or whatever. But yo, like you gotta, you know, there was no internet back then. Yeah. Like I mean, people weren't putting singles, you know, and in, in, in diss tracks on 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 YouTube and SoundCloud and all this other stuff. Like there was none of that or whatever. So you literally had to master it, and then you had to like put it out and get it manufactured, put it, you know, give it to your DJs and all that stuff. So, uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to buy yeah, the whole. It, it wasn't just yeah. like singles. Yeah, yeah. You, had you had to get, get the, the whole album. CD. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, man. So, th- again, that's yeah, another way how like social media is like changed. You know how how you know how 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 beef is done and and, and, and stuff, but um, but it, it's 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 interesting. Yeah. So let's segue right quick um, from from hip hop. To, to sports because of course of of course we're, we're looking at you know what happened uh with the Kyrie situation mm. and with uh James Harden being traded to the Nets and how now once again how the media is portraying mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. now I'm gonna give you guys I'm gonna give you guys my opinion on it because of course I you know I do the Nah, hey, no hot. Kev, that's two. That's two. That's two. You got three more. You got three more. That was just an echo, man. That was an echo. That was an echo. I'm counting it. I'm counting it, dog. I'm counting it. I'm counting it. I'm counting it. You got three more. You got three more. So I want to. My I want to. I want to just say this My right quick about Kyrie. Um, all right, all right, all right. Now, shout out to to Zach from the Off the Glass podcast because I didn't think about this until he mentioned it. Kyrie, he he called Kyrie yeah. the Basquiat of basketball. Kyrie does consider himself as an artist. Kyrie has also come out and say that Basquiat is one of his favorite artists. If anybody knows Basquiat, um, Basquiat. Right, and, and Basquiat. Sometimes geniuses, 
Um, it, it's it's been a proven fact. Sometimes geniuses are kind of loony, mm. um, and I hate and that's a lack of a better term, by the way. But with with the Kyrie situation, it's bigger than mm. basketball, and I don't want to I don't want to come out here sit, like trying to defend Kyrie in a sense, but I want everybody to understand, like look at everything yep. in perspective. What what has happened in the past week, um, with the whole with the whole uh, announcement of of you know they're not um, going to charge you know d- the shooter of Jacob Blake and then with everything that happened at the Capitol you know Kyrie just decides you know what basketball isn't even important to me right now I need you know some personal days now I get that and I also get that there was video that came out him celebrating his mm-hmm. sister's 30th. I get that as well. Now, um, what I what I really want to say about Kyrie is that, you know, this might be Kyrie's last contract. To be, let's be honest, because Kyrie has even come out. How many more years has he had? That He's got two more. I think he, I think as well. He signed a four-year I, deal. And uh, so he only played 20 games last year. So? This is his second year. So he, I don't even think it's a it's a player option for that last year, Kevin. I think it's just a full four years. Hmm. Yeah. So and, and and let me explain why I say that. Kyrie has openly come out and say like basketball is basketball. Like I don't need like I don't need the uh-huh. NBA to to judge yep. my happiness. Like the game is the game. I love playing it. But I ain't gonna bend over backwards for the game. I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna bend over backwards for yeah. my culture. I'm gonna bend over backwards for social yeah. reform. I'm gonna bend over backwards for everybody who's been wronged in their lives, and I'm gonna try to do something to help out. Now he's proven that he he's one of those you know socially mm-hmm. conscious guys that will you know do whatever he can to help his community. We've seen that he's um, put money into uh the WNBA for for their bubble um I I would I guess you would call it quote bubble trouble when it came to kind of like insurance and how you know the WNBA was taking care of their players he's he's giving money to that he's giving money to all of these um you know programs for for social reform and social injustice so I just wanted to kind of defend him in that light um, I know there's an obligation. He has a contract. Mm-hmm. I understand all of that. The only thing that um, that I, I would probably disagree with was the fact that he put himself and his teammates at risk for being at that party, which was against the, the protocols of the NBA. And by the way, he's only been fined two games for that. And he's like, been out for like five. Like $900,000. Right. So... <laughs> And and once again, if if I mean it was worth it to him because he he has a bad an eye about about the money, like right he doesn't care about yeah. it. So I just wanted I just wanted to shed that light, and I I just didn't like how the media kind of like kind of portrays him as crate like loony or, or the first thing they want to do was I, I'm concerned about his mental health. I I just don't like how how that so so portrayed. But so you guys so, so here here's my take on this and. Kev is right. Uh, you know, you just watch different shows like First Take. You watch, you know, like uh, uh, the uh, what's what's the the Shannon 
Um, yeah, undisputed, yeah undisputed. undisputed. You know, you watch and you read articles and stuff. And I don't, I don't like the fact that they're coming at this dude from a perspective that, um, you know, like, like, you know, like, like Kev said, like he's got some issues and you know, mental, like he's, you know, he's selfish and all this other stuff. Um, and I think we kind of, I kind of touched on this, you know, the, the last episode that we talked, and like it, it gets it like, it, it amazes me just how much influence that these sports channels have, you know, in terms of like helping to write the narrative on athletes, you know, careers and, you know, and, and the, the type of person that they are and all this other stuff. Like, like if, if everybody watched, um, watched the Jordan documentary and stuff on last dance or whatever, um, there were a couple of segments when they talked about Dennis, Dennis Rodman. And they talked about how he was misunderstood and they talked about how, like, Phil was, like, the one who really got him and, you know, who really understood, you know, and everybody said the same thing. Scotty said it. You know, uh, Jordan said it. Everybody said it. He, you know, Dennis is just one of those people. He's just misunderstood. And I feel like, you know, like a lot of a lot of these athletes are, like, un- misunderstood. And listen, the athlete from, you know, the 80s and the 90s is different now. It, 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 it's different. You got social media. You got all this other stuff. People have direct access to to athletes now more than they ever have, and so you know when when you got you know social media, you getting bantered. Then you got you know the regular media who's trying to kind of like dictate this narrative. And I'm not saying that that it may not that it it may not be right, but you got to be careful like how you you know how quick you are to cast judgment. Um, you know I right. I, I listen to Stephen A. Smith. Or whatever, you know, he's a real good, real good dude, or whatever. He's real philanthropic. Um, I admire his story, like you know how he came up and stuff. Uh, he got it out the mud, like really. Um, but I think, I think he, I think he got it wrong on this one. Um, and like Kev said, you do, you do have an obligation to, um, you know, to make sure that you fulfill your contract and stuff. But at the same time, yo, there's, there's more to it there's more to a story than what you see on his face. And, um, and, and I've, I've read some stuff I've, you know, I've heard like, listen, man, like athletes aren't required to tell you, you know, exactly, you know, tell the media, you know, every time they miss a game, what was the reason? If it says personal reasons, as long as you clear it with management, yo, you good. Right. You good. Right. So I saw this quote. I saw this quote on Instagram. And it said, they're not paying you to do a job. They're paying you to quit your dream, right? And the reason I say that is because if you're getting paid to play basketball, you have to, I mean, you have to play basketball, you know, because that's what you're getting paid to do as a man. And so he needs to go ahead and play for his team, not just himself, because He's not affecting just his career. He's affecting everybody's right. career. But I don't think that people should jump just to, you know, hey, this dude, you know, is crazy because the reality is, is that we as a people need to all deal with our mm-hmm. health issues. It's okay for him to have mental health mm-hmm. issues. It's okay for him not to want to play basketball. If he, mm-hmm. if he has enough money to chill, he should chill. 
but his loyalty to his team is the part that's sad for me because if he buckled down, they could win. You know, the whole yeah. thing. And then if he quit, he has more of a voice. Right. And so sometimes, like, we say, oh, well, Kyrie has millions and millions and millions of dollars, and I think that's great. He can donate to whatever he wants. He could change everybody's life that he, he knows. But the reality is that if he had a bigger voice, which would be a championship behind his name, maybe he could affect more people on a bigger stage. Like, you just never know. And sometimes I feel like he's limiting himself. But I will say this. I would have gone to my sister's birthday party, too, because having a sister, man, I love my sister. Like, if she wants me to come to a whatever, I'm going. I'm there. So I just think there's a couple different pieces to this. and It is. It's a shame that we try to, with athletes, actors, famous people, celebrities, congressmen, congresswomen, presidents, whatever, once we put them in that little box, we don't let them out. And so as a person who you know, sympathizes with being in boxes. He's like, I can see why he's like, man, the media portrays me this way. I don't feel like arguing or being a part mm-hmm. of it. Like, I don't, I don't want to yep. give them anything so that they can decide. I'm just going to say something crazy. Because that's what I, I would march on Lynch. And like, I thought what he did was hysterical. And it made me love him. But Ricky uh, Williams wearing a helmet for his interview. I love that. Like, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but on the flip side of that, and this is the ghetto inside of me, I will tell you, you get paid to play basketball, man. That's it. Like, we can't show up for a basketball game. If y'all had a basketball court right now, I suck at basketball. I'd still go play with y'all right now for free. So for him not to go to the games kind of seems whack. You know, a yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't want to go, I don't judge him. I'm just saying it's kind of whack. And, and, no. and like, 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 like I said, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not. I, I still believe, like, if you got a contract, you should honor your obligation. But I just don't like the way that they're creating the narrative surrounding the right. whole situation. There, there's clearly more to this story, and we, we, we all, we all know this. Athletes, you can be in everybody's good graces today, and tomorrow, like. It's like the whole world has turned on you or whatever. So, so, you know, it's so just as easily as they praise you, look at how they praised him when he hit the game winning shot, you know, when they played against the Warriors uh, back in 2016 or whatever. Like all of a sudden, Kyrie's like, you know, best point guard, most skilled point guard, all this other stuff. Now, all of a sudden, you know, when he steps out, you know, he, he, uh, he decided he wanted to get traded or whatever. He forced him to trade to Boston. That didn't work out too well. Then you started hearing this this narrative. Then he leaves Boston. He goes to um to to Brooklyn or whatever. Then he like goes on this you know this tirade or whatever. And I think that I think he was misquoted on some stuff. But that's neither here nor there. But again, like I just don't like the way that they're creating the narrative around this guy. Like that. They, they don't want the black athletes to be able to show up. They don't give these kids, man, a chance to just think about it, man. If you gave me millions of dollars and stuck a camera in front of me 24 hours a day, seven days a week when I was 19 to 27, man, there's no telling what what I would say or do. I mean, I might show up, I might not. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should judge them. I think we should just let them live. I mean, the sucky part is they might be replacing them with, you know, Harden, like, they don't need him as much as they did a week 
Which mm-hmm. and that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. But but not nah, go ahead, Kev. Now seven. Brian got disconnected. Can we do a commercial? Yeah. Get him back on? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and uh we'll come back. You know, I wanna hear uh beat up's take and then once we do that, we'll uh we'll get to the bathroom break. So we'll pay some bills and we'll be right back. Yes, sir. How do we get them back on? So I'm gonna disconnect this one and then I'm gonna give you guys a brand new brand new link. Yo, listeners, what's up? Like the intro music to our show? I know you're wondering, like, dang, who is that? Well, that's none other than the bro, Chemo. That's K-H-E-M-O. In a single face, off of his 2017 album, The Art of Rap 2, which is on Apple Music, iTunes, and other streaming services. So, go ahead and check him out, because he's like that. Now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We had to pay some bills right quick. But we wanted to get um, B-Dub's take on on the Kyrie Irving situation and how the media has been portraying him. So, so Bita, what do you what do you think about what's going on with Kyrie, and um, what what's your what's your take on it? Yeah, well, I mean, from a standpoint of just basketball, man, I just want if I would love to just see a dialed in, focused Kyrie, man, I would just love to see that because that dude is so talented, man. It's so ridiculous, um, especially with the team that he has right now. I mean, with him. Durant, Harden, all on the – that's must-see TV right there if all three of them are focused and just, just dialed in and balling. I mean, that's that's just bananas. I mean, <laughs> that squad um, with the big three, I don't know if there's ever been a better big three than that big three. You know what I'm saying? You talk about LeBron, you know, Ray Allen and Bosh back in the day, and, you know, that was a big three and all that. You had – I mean, you've had – You've had a few, you know, the Celtics had one. Um, but this big three right here, if they're, you know, you're talking about three three players that could be MVPs of the league, right? Two of them that – I don't know if Durant has an MVP. He does. Yes, he, he does. does. He, he does. does. He definitely uh-huh. does because he, he gave does. that speech where he told his mom, you're the real MVP. Uh-huh. Right. So um, so Durant has one um, – Harden definitely has what Harden has like two or something, doesn't he? I don't yeah, know. Harden I only has one. He just he only has now one. there there's yeah. been of course there's been you know he should they feel like he should have more than one, but that's yeah. neither well, he could and and Kyrie if Kyrie was dialed in he could clearly he's clearly on a level where he could have his own right like I don't think there's any dispute in that so I just want to you know as a fan of the NBA man I would just love to see him focus it's. I mean, I don't know what the, the media is saying. You know, we talked about accountability and we talked about his contract and stuff like that. Um, that's that's all true. And the NBA has protocols in place because they're trying to keep players safe and trying mm-hmm. to keep making money and everything like that. More, more so for me, it's the accountability to his teammates. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know exactly what his teammates are saying. So if Durant is like, saying the same things that y'all are saying. And he's like, yeah, you know, well, Kyrie is, you know, this this dude that thinks different than everybody else. And he has other things he's thinking of and all that. If Harden's saying that, if the, the other the other um, players on the team are saying that, then, you know, hey, all right. 
But if they're like, man, like we're dependent on this dude, man. We're trying to win a ring this year. We got the we got the talent to do it. And this dude is off in Wonderland doing his own thing. Then then I kind of have a, an issue with it. And again, I don't know what Durant is saying or thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know what um, you know, his other teammates are saying or thinking. But for me, that's what what it would come down to. Um, just because those, you know, those are the ones you go to war with. Those are the ones that they they trying to they're trying to get paid too. They're trying to win a ring. They're putting mm-hmm. in hard work every day. So that's that's the that's the thing I would focus on and want to know more about. And and I would base my assessment of the situation on that. Yeah, and that's a and that's a real real good point. Um, and I think we all can agree on on the on the current situation with Kyrie. Um, but you know, I think it goes back to once again what we've been saying in regards to the media and how the narrative um, is being portrayed of um, of him. Um, one thing that I want to mention, and we're going to go um, into our bathroom break, is one one thing I didn't like. There was a podcast of Jackie McMullen and, and Bill Simmons talking about. Um, and I haven't listened to the podcast, but I'm just paraphrasing or, um, summarizing this. Um, they, they talk about, uh, black athletes as being property. Um, and I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't know if it, you know what, I'm not even going to get in into that, but for two, I'm just saying. I mean, that's why we should have our own team. Right, right. If right. you don't like that statement right there, get a team. So, you know what I'm saying? For, that's, for, that's when it'll change. For two. If the black dude on the team, it wouldn't be that. Right, way. exactly. So, so I'm just saying in, in in the context of it, you know, for two white um, writers or whatever you want to call them within the media – to call, I mean, they general. From what I understand, they generalized black athletes as being property. So it wasn't. Up. It wasn't just kind of like. I mean, of course, they were talking about the Kyrie situation, and I think Jackie McMullen and Kyrie been beefing since Kyrie was in Boston because yep. she's based out of Boston. Yep. So there's for a long time. Per- since yeah, the there's, 80s. there's some. Yeah, there's some personal uh, with with Jackie McMullen and in the Kyrie situation, but. I just needed to bring that up and I I've heard people's, you know, perspective of it. And um, you know, it just just the just from what I understand of what was said, you know, when you talk when you talk about <laughs> when you put black in property or when you put black people in property in the same kind of like sentence. Yeah. You know, you, you kinda you look at that and you're like, like what? Yeah, that's no good, man. You know what I'm saying? That's a big nerve. That's a, that's so, a nerve. But yeah. please, please fact check me on that. This is, like I said, I'm just summarizing. Yeah. But that goes back to what I'm saying about, you know, these media conglomerates. Right. And these guys that, you know, that, that are basically spoon fed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, that's why, like, I listen to, to the launch pad. I listen to, to the off the glass podcast with Zach. I, I listened to the Daniel Artest podcast. I listened to to all the other uh all other podcasts out there, like all the smoke, 
knuckleheads because I want to I want to hear from from our voices. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want there, there's no narrative. There's just there's just speaking each other's truths in, in some of these you name totally different types of podcasts than ESPN bullshit. Right. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. Right. But you know, but that's, my that's but my point is that's where that's where all the money's going. Right. You feel right. me? You know what I'm saying? So I'm just I'm just saying, and we've all agreed to this. Once we once we have each other's backs, we know the game because they're taking it from us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So so we know the game. It's just a matter of all of us, you know, kind of sticking together. I know we've all we've we've had the same conversations, you know, going back to the uh to the crabs in the barrel type mentality sometimes. But like oh, going just just understanding, I mean, it's it's blown up in our faces every day when you have um you know these other media conglomerates just talking like just mad trash about us in front of us. Right. And they're saying it in a context that we're we're listening to it and then we'll say, wait, what what they say? So you know what I'm saying? So 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 I'll I'll put it I'll put it in this perspective. Um and we we can all we can all agree to to what I'm about to say. We all know that we live in a capitalistic society. Facts. And so it's all about money. It's all about sure. and he who has the money can control the narrative. It's like he who is the winner controls how history is written. Yeah, um, he who has the gold makes the rules. Right. So, so when when you start talking about you know the amount of money in these TV deals that drives these you know the player salary you know the salary caps you know for the NBA you know up into the millions and stuff you still got white folks who think that you know uh, that athletes you know basketball players shouldn't be paid all this money because you know just to dribble the ball and all this other stuff. So my point is, it's all about money. And when you do something to affect rating, so when Kyrie is rated as one of the top ranked players in the world and he's not playing, then that's going to cause like the media to suffer ratings. Well, they can create a narrative and spin it in such a way where, you know what? Well, this is the reason. Like, so, you know, what? and they're going to create all of these different, you know, hypotheticals and stuff. And they've got the amount of influence or whatever to actually make people think and believe that that actually is true. And it's all based off of money. So you like, and, and honestly, I mean, yeah, Kyrie, I think Kyrie is making what 33, 34 million just this year alone. But when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, that's a drop in the bucket compared to how much these, you know, these conglomerates are worth or whatever, but yet yeah. that's how they make their money. And so, if you, and so when you look at it from that perspective, man, a capitalistic society, man, everything is driven by money. And so, mm-hmm. and the thing, what, what, where we fail is that we allow money to dictate too much of the narrative without taking into consideration the human side of people. Like, athletes are still humans. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that Kyrie can just throw away his contract, you know, forget his team. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is the media has to be careful how they how they narrate this this whole situation, 
um, if if you look, they always try to create some type of bad character. They always try to start some drama or whatever within a, you know within a team or whatever. Um, so it's that's so that they can go to him at some point and say, "Well, Kyrie, now we need to just work on your image." Mm-hmm. It's time for you to be in some commercials for mental mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. You can do some volunteer work and mm-hmm. be in this commercial to sell more of our products, more of our drugs, more of our services, yep. so that they can make more money. I mean, it's, it's the oldest trick in the book. It's the same thing they've been doing the whole time. Yep. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They let you get up so high and they try to break you down and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's why, I mean, yeah, that's why I don't think being a celebrity would be that fun. Me and Brian used to talk about this in college all the time. Would you rather, I mean, would you rather be rich or would you rather be a celebrity? Obviously, now, you know, with the way you can watch stupid people on TV all the time with reality TV, it's different because we get to see it play out. But, you know, I never want, I would never want to be famous. Like, that isn't even on my radar because um, it's too much pressure. Yeah. Well, well, in that case, give me my money. Beat up, beat up. Did you wanna? Did you wanna add on to that? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I think we. I think uh, I said all I need to say. All right, cool, cool. So, I'll, you know, it's that time. Um, so we're gonna get into it. We gotta it get. Is... We gotta get a flushed sound, man. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get a flush. We gotta get a flush sound. Bro. We gotta get a flush sound. There you go. Can we record it and just play it? How do you do that? There you go. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Please Uh-oh. just give me like 30 seconds. Just give me 30 Uh-oh. seconds. Uh-oh. Just give me 30 oh, seconds. Oh, I'm nah, because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find something. I'm gonna find something. Just just go in the yeah, just go to the bathroom toilet, man. I, I, I can. I got a I got a setup. So let's let's do this. Oh, That's what I thought he was gonna do. It's time yeah. for the bathroom break. There you go. <laughs> nice. Is that how your toilet? Well, you got a fancy toilet, don't you? No. You got a. a, a, a hey, that sounds like, sound like a bidet. I knew he was going to yeah, exactly. say that. That, that sounds like a bidet. That sounds like one of those high end exactly. ones. Like, exactly. <laughs> sounds like mine. Get out of here. The water up. Get out of here. Get out of here. I just, I just searched that on YouTube. Hey, yeah. It's a. Come I just searched it on YouTube. It's a, it's a color. Kev, you got a bidet in there? No, I do not have a bidet. Kev, we won't do not have a bidet. Hey, stop, stop, stop trying to count my money. <laughs> hey, I'll never count another man. Hey, listen, whatever kind of toilet you get is in your house, that's in your house. That's your business. So, so with that being said, if I say I don't have a bidet, just say, okay. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> hey, but if you do, I just want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel comfortable yeah. so Listen. you can feel like you can tell your brothers that. That's all I'm Listen, doing. I'm not a I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to tell my I'm not afraid to tell my brothers. I'm not afraid to tell my brothers like if I got money or not. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> we ain't talking about money. We talking about a bidet. We talking about a toilet. And a, right. and a bidet to me is a step up from the to me. Hey, can we can I wait? We just went into something, man, that <laughs> I, I got I gotta say something. You brought up wet wipes. Hey, I, gotta, listen, listen. I gotta say something. You this might, you know what? This is oh, you did. Yeah, Dang, part two. Yeah. No, so 
So, right. part, nah, so nah, Dwight, nah, man, I don't know if Dwight said this on the podcast. This is part of the bathroom break. This is way. okay. Yeah, this is good for the bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something. Ask something about this is no. Nah, I'm not about to ask something. I'm about to make a mistake. I tell I tell my wife this all the time, man. I did not, and Dwight, I know you're in the same boat because we went. Though I don't, I didn't discover wet wipes until I was about. 28 29 years old man and i do not know how (laughs) i do not i do not know to this day i do not know how i survived without i don't i don't get it fam because sometimes i'll sometimes i'll use one and i'm like wait a minute how was all that how was all that on there fam and like i think about all the days i think about all the times in college after after coming home and all this all the residue that must have have been around when you know what i'm saying it's just because sometimes you and i'm like this this is not okay that i went that long and not knowing I just didn't know. Just it was just all straight ignorance, <laughs> and nobody had introduced that to me, man. And I, I'm just saying, some days I think about that, and I know Dwight. You had to. We didn't have that in college, and we had. And there were some times when Dwight blew up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like to where we had had to straight fumigate, open windows, and whatnot. So I know he needed a window. <laughs> And he didn't have one. I didn't have any. He didn't have anything. So I just don't understand. Uh, sorry, man. That's all I got to say. Hey, so, wait, sorry, wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. We don't need no stories. That is the bathroom break. Right yeah, there. that's the bathroom break. That's the bathroom break. Right. Don't worry about it. I, I, don't know, I don't know if we can let that be the bathroom break. Just get, no. That means we had a bathroom hey. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, Kev, hold up. You know who fault this is? (laughs) Peasy, you brought this on yourself. You brought your boy on here, and he exposed you. It's your fault. You should have had a call with your boy. This is the second bathroom break about (laughs) It's a serious topic, man. But but that's not our fault. Everybody needs to have to, to, like, how long have y'all been using what you since you guys are what twelve years younger than us, did you just grow up on wet wipes? It was just something you did. Oh man! No. Oh man! Hey, Bruh. give me that charming. Bruh. <laughs> nah, it doesn't do the job. It doesn't. It doesn't do the job, man. It does not do the job. It does not do the job. Oh my gosh, I be smelling so clean. Nah, Bam. You, you does not. Charmin does not get it done. It does not get it done, bruh. All right. I'm sorry. I'm walking around my house like I got a list back there. Nah, man. Nah. Nah, man. That Charmin will leave you. That Charmin will leave you crusty, man. All right. To the listeners out there, I, I apologize. No, nah, I don't, no I don't, I don't, I don't apologize. Because we do whatever we want. That's real talk, so. man. That's real talk. They know he's clean. I'm just trying to keep it right. So, so I, I, got, I got one thing to add, Kevin, before you switch the topic. Because I just, Brian, think about all the parties we left in college. And how wet white would have helped out? Man, no, I, I mean, it's, I'm serious. I sit around and I think about that. Like, dang, how did I survive? 
Without okay. it, man, it's <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, question. It's, it's critical question, question man. Question. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> so, so it's life changing, man. That, being that the being that the southern sound is so critical in you guys's uh in you guys's catalog, after the fact, did you play Outcast so fresh or clean? <laughs> oh, you, you, so let me. <laughs> That's a good yes. one, Kim. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. And the answer is yes. And and the other so answer you're is you're on the phone with the, the biggest two outcast fans there are the already. The well, yeah, that's already. a fact. Already, that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. So whenever I'm waiting for the outcast podcast, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for oh, that boy. to break up. Invite me when we have that and Goody Mob. Oh listen, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, sure. listen. I mean, we can't even yeah. talk about them. Let's just talk about the whole Dungeon family, man. Okay. Let's talk about the whole dungeon yeah. family. Noise, yeah. family. Ali and Gil, like, yeah. come on, man, come on, yeah. come on. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Sleepy Brown you know, and all of them. Yeah. Before, before, before we go into the second part of the uh, bathroom break, I do want to <clears> shed <throat> this light here. I'm done on the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, I said my piece. So, y'all know my position. So. We we are going to have you back on. We're going to have you back on B Dub because we are going to talk about the influence of um of Outcast, the Dungeon Family, Organized Noise. Um, because I feel like I feel like there has to be um there has to be an episode where we talk about Atlanta culture. Yep. So um even though. Even though I'm not, you know, I'm not from Atlanta, I embrace that culture so much. And they're yeah, well, they represented the South, right. man. When they came out, it was the white was just as hype as me, man. Everybody from Carolina, all that just hopped on that. That was the sound of the South. It was bigger than Atlanta because yeah, so, the South definitely. Got something to say. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, we definitely got to talk. We definitely got to talk there about that. But um, Absolutely. you know. <laughs> All's well that ends well. I first and foremost um, appreciate B Dub for joining us. Wait. Oh, so wait, wait, yeah. wait. Hold on, hold on. Before we go, just one quick last topic because we always in the show talking about mental health, people taking care of their. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to. Do you guys want to talk about the vaccination situation that's occurred? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Before, like you have five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Before we before we get off, I apologize. I recant what I was getting ready to say because Dwight, I believe, of course, with you being a medical professional, you have yeah. you do. I took the vaccination. Yeah. So tell us tell us about um you know the you know everything that that went down and how do you feel about it and and, and all of that, especially as us being you know black you know mm-hmm. black people in in our reservations. You know, based off of history. So, so t- talk about that. So, I did. Um, I did feel in the beginning like I wasn't going to take it. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to to be a guinea pig. I thought they did it too fast. Um, it came to market too quick, and I thought that them marketing it to black and brown people across the country was was kind of suspect so I was I had my eyebrow raised for a while 
could be perfectly honest. I mean, I got into the, I guess you call it a tinfoil hat thing, you know, where you start doing conspiracy theories and stuff. And I'm not saying I'm 100% sure that those things aren't true. But when I go to my job and I talk to hospitals all the time, people, there's cases, there's a lot of people in the hospital right now on ventilators. Like, it's not a game. Like, it is happening. For a while, it was like, oh, there's a few people here, a few people there. No. Like, hospitals are packed right now. I mean, packed, packed with people that are dying. Like, not like, oh, I, I just had COVID. I was out of work for seven days. Okay, that's good for you. There's a lot of people dying off this thing, man. And when you're in healthcare and you're around patients and other people, you don't want to be a spreader for them. I don't want to go to work and bring it home to my family or any of that. So I was in a meeting with um, the CEO of a hospital, and he's like, you don't have your vaccination yet come on let's go get it right now nice so i kind of either had to take a stand where i say you know black people aren't really doing that i'm a chill <laughs> which i thought would sound really stupid at the time or just go take it and make it safe for my family so you know i sent the moderna vaccination um so i did not do the pfizer one um you don't get a choice you, you go into a room with other people, they call your name, you fill out some paperwork, they have to notify you on email when you have to come back and you have to schedule your appointment because it has to be done within a three-day period, okay. you know, a month after. Um, and they inject you with, uh, a, it's not live cells like the flu shot. So, yeah, people say, I got the flu shot and then I got the flu right after. You don't get COVID right after. That isn't how it happens. Um, but your body does think that you have an, um, something in you that it shouldn't. Right. right. And so the inflammation is very painful in your, not very painful. Like it doesn't feel like your arm's going to fall off, but it feels like you might've worked out way too hard and where being sore in your arm might last for a day or two. This lasts for like, this, I got it Thursday, today's Friday. It'll probably hurt, hurt till Sunday. And you develop weird symptoms. They're not as bad as if you had COVID, but you have weird symptoms. Like you might get hot flashes or like be a little bit uh, nauseous or whatever. But that just means it's working, right? That means it's working. So after having the first injection, after the first two weeks, you're at about 50% protection. And then when you get the second one, you're at 95. However, if you had COVID and you get the first one, you're going to be at like 70 because you already have the antibodies in your mm -hmm. system. And the um, side effects from the injection are not that bad. Like, you won't feel anything. You already have the antibodies. You already had it. So your second one, you'll be 95 right up. So it's not that bad. Now, in February, Johnson & Johnson is coming out with their um, injection. And theirs is a one-time thing. You don't have to go twice. Mm -hmm. So the game is going to change in February anyway. Um, but my suggestion you know, to people that have you know, older family members, kids in their house, um, or that have to go to work, or especially if you work in a friggin' hospital, you know what I mean, or a doctor's office, like, you should go get it because you have other people around you that you could get really sick. And it's, it's happening. It's not a game at all. Um, so definitely contact your internal medicine family practice physician. If you don't have one, go get a black one if you're black. Sam, <laughs> because... <clears throat> The, the way that we're treated by black physicians is different and 
um, you you're gonna want that when you're getting your yearly physicals, when you're getting surgery, when all those things come down the pipe, you're gonna want somebody who you can really talk to and trust that they're gonna take care of you. Um, people don't think race matters, but it matters. I mean, even the oxygen, when they take your oxygen when you go to the hospital, they shine that red light on your finger. Have you guys ever seen that before? Nah. Uh-uh. Honestly, I haven't. So they put so when you go to the doctor, if you have COVID, they put this thing on your fingers to find out how much oxygen is getting into your blood. That way they can determine like if you need to you know, how serious it is, right? Well, because you have melanin in your skin and your skin's darker, it's gonna think that you have more oxygen in your system either way. You get what I'm saying? So if you don't have a doctor that understands that because they're black, then you're already going to have issues. You can be a lot more damaged. Your oxygen intake could be less, and the doctor doesn't even know. They're not even thinking about that. Okay, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So I would say go get it. It's, it's worth it. You have a totally different sense of confidence when you have it. You don't have to always be freaking out about every little thing. Um but it's not as bad. I don't have any horns growing out my head. I haven't grown a tail yet. Um, I figure I'll be taking the next one by the time we do the next podcast. So I'll tell you what the second one looks like. Um, but there, you know, there are some side effects. to try to get it on a Thursday, Friday, so it can be at the house through the weekend when you have it. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, with that being said, I think that. All right. Yep, yep, yep. So uh once again we want to thank um Beat Up for, for joining us tonight. It was a it was an awesome conversation. Um we definitely gonna have you back. Um we got because we gotta up, talk yeah, we gotta to talk about the the the, the Atlanta culture and hip hop. So we're definitely gonna have you back um for, for that show. Um so if you have um anything um, you wanted to plug in, you know, you can go ahead and do it now, or if not, you know, we'll, we'll keep it moving. So go ahead and, you know, state your claim and, and be a little, be a little famous, at least for the night, just a little famous. <laughs> nah, man. It's all you guys, man. I appreciate you letting me be on. Looking forward to the next one. <laughs> I just got, I feel you. I just got one thing to say, mainstream, man. <laughs> oh man there you go there you go oh man <laughs> all right so so we're gonna call it a night um everybody once again wear your yeah, mask, wear your mask yeah. Yeah. i'm glad you came brian thank you i couldn't talk to you <laughs> yo it was a pleasure man yo we gotta get up in person yeah. man we gotta get beat up down here when things uh, settle down and stuff man yeah, for sure. We go. listen. Yeah, we've been sure. we've been trying to. Hey, Thomas, what are you doing? Oh, uh, Thomas. Oh uh, shoot, man. I'm, I'm I'm going I'm going down I'm going down to the country. Um, my I, I the family bought my grandmother a treadmill, and it's uh <laughs> it's down there waiting to be assembled. So I'm going down to to assemble that for her. So she can go ahead and get her walk on, cause like I don't like she's she's eighty, so she still thinks she's independent, and much respect to my grandmother for that.
But sometimes, like, when it's cold, like, she wants to go out and walk. And I'm like, man, why don't you just stay in the house right quick? So we we got our we got our uh, a treadmill so i'm gonna go down and and show you know fit you know fix that up for her show us some love cuz i hadn't seen her since um actually i hadn't seen her since christmas eve so i'm gonna go down there and and handle that right quick okay of course safe, safe right, of course. right 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah yeah. On that, on Definitely. that note, yeah. just throw him in the car. Just throw him in the car. Yeah, on that note, peace and love. Peace and love to everybody out there. And we will holler at the man. Y'all be safe, man. All right. Yes, sir. Yep. Hey, hey, your mask. Your mask. All right. All right. All right. All right. Later. What up, everyone? It's your boy, Kevin. And as always, on behalf of Dwight and Thomas, we would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Launchpad. We have a lot more in store for you, so keep a lookout for us. We'll holla at you.